How's it going, ladies, gents, and otherwise amazing people? Welcome to another episode of the Coolest Guys You Know podcast. I'm the guy with the glasses and beard, Alex Bagley. And I'm the guy with the mustache, Jack Hufflinger. And Jack, today we've got an interesting topic here that we're going to discuss. Yeah. Um, I know you don't know a whole lot about it. Anything, really. Yeah, outside of the name that I told you. Yep. Um, I was first inspired by a video that I saw from the YouTuber Matthew Santoro. Um, a few years ago, I think. Um, and it's about Skinwalker Ranch. Um, you know, and as we said in our, you know, end of the year video, New Year's video, um, we're taking this in a little bit of a different direction. Yep. So today's going to be a little bit different. Um, and I've done a shit ton of research. <laughs> done a lot of research. <laughs> Not even as much as I could have. But um, after, you know, a few hours of getting things around and organized, I think we're good to go. Ready to get into it? I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm excited to to learn. All right. So, oh my vision! <laughs> I thought you were about to give me some like creepy music, like ooh. ooh. <laughs> All right. So, little thing, a few things about Skinwalker Ranch has a movie that's based off of it. Uh, it has a reality TV show through the History Channel. Okay. There's a book co-authored by an award-winning. Uh, journalist, and it has been owned by two separate, uh, like millionaires. Uh, the one might be a billionaire. So wow, it's got quite the history. And there's okay. there's more that's buried in here. Obviously, like even some tidbits that you would not expect, especially towards the end. There's the one story that I was like, whoa. But um, yeah. So Skinwalker Ranch is located in the Uinta Basin uh, in northeast Utah. It's approximately 480 acres. With three homesteads, each comprised of about two to three houses, though almost all of them except for like one house has been abandoned and has fallen into ruin. Mm. Uh, It is isolated uh, three miles from the main road. The only path in is like this long winding dirt path and cut off from multiple directions by a creek and a huge uh, rock ridge. So the Skinwalker Ranch Land was bought in 1994. This is where we're going to begin the story because this is where it kind of gained its popularity. It okay. was bought in 1994 by a Mormon family named the Shermans, uh, comprised of Terry Sherman, who's the father. Uh, he was a Arizona native and moved to the basin area at 17, where he met his wife, Gwen, uh, who was a native of the area pretty much her whole life. Um, and they also had a teenage son and a daughter, a 10-year-old daughter. And before they bought it, the ranch had sat idle for seven years since the previous owner died. Mm. Uh, the previous owners, uh, him and his wife, had, there's not much I could find about them, but from what I could see, they began owning the ranch in 1930, like 1934, I think, and they owned it for about six years before they died. Wow. Okay. Um, I couldn't find anything about anybody who owned it before them, but they owned it for quite some time. But it sat idle for seven years. Little indication of, uh, some things maybe not being right. Okay. So. Yeah, hard to sell. <laughs> yeah. So the family was working, was looking for a quiet place where they could get away and uh, get away from everything and just kind of, you know, lounge around, um, raise their cattle, be in a quiet place. And they invested quite a bit of money in buying the ranch and also getting these cattle to raise. The place already had a pretty uh, mysterious and... Uh, spooky history at this point um most of the locals knew 
that there was some shady stuff going on in okay. this area. There's a lot of folklore and rumors. Um, and I would imagine being that, especially since Gwyn was a native of the basin, they probably knew a little bit of the stuff, but they were probably just like, uh, you know, it's going cheap. It's 480 acres, by the way. Okay. Like, it's huge. Yeah. This place is huge. Like I said, three homesteads, two to three houses in each homestead. Like, yeah. It's a big place. So anyways, they buy this place. And within the first few months, they're renovating the first house or the house that they're planning on living in. Um, and one strange thing that happened here was that while renovating the house, Terry uh, happened to find uh, nearby in the west pasture, there was like this strange uh, depression in the dirt. Um, it was like a circular uh, indent with like a flat base and it was like pretty few inches deep. Okay. He just assumed like, huh, maybe like somebody removed a tree or something. Mm -hmm. No big deal. So nothing too crazy until they start moving in. They move in all their cattle and while moving in their cattle, they're the whole family's outside moving in the cattle and they see from some tall high grass uh, near like the edge of the woods because there's multiple pockets of woods around a large wolf-like beast come out from the tall grass hmm. and we're talking tall enough on all fours to almost look eye to eye with a human being oh okay like that big wow and this wolf-like beast walks over to the cattle pen where the cattle have just been loaded grabs a calf by its head and starts trying to pull it through the bars so terry grabs his gun Shoots six shots at this thing. Doesn't see any blood splatter. Thing looks unfazed, but just decides on its own eventually. Drop the calf. Walks back into the forest. Okay. Terry goes in search. He's an experienced tracker, experienced woodsman. Follows the tracks, expecting to find the thing dead from, you know, the wounds. Mm -hmm. Doesn't see any blood the whole time that he's following these tracks. Gets to a small little creek. Footprints stop at the creek. Don't reappear on the other side. No other evidence that the thing was over there. Goes back. Um, before he had left, I think they had found like a clump of flesh that had been blown off. Hmm. Um, when he comes back, though, from trying to track it, the flesh looks like it's like a couple days old. Like it's starting to decay and decompose huh. and deteriorate as if it's been there for a while. So anyways, strange, obviously. Family starts researching uh, to look for what type of wolf it could have been. So like, well, we're living here. We need to know what this thing is that's living nearby. They mm -hmm. want to know whether or not it's dangerous for humans. Um, you know, just trying to get some information on it. And the closest thing that they could find to what they had seen was a artist's depiction or impression of a direwolf. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know anything about direwolves. Not really. They've been extinct for 10,000 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> is there evidence that they were actually like around? Before they went extinct, or is it just assumed? I believe that there's. I actually don't know for sure. I didn't really look in too much to direwolves themselves because um, this is really the only story that it comes up in. You'll see. But um, from what I loosely know, I think that they're pretty sure that that direwolves were around back okay. then, um, and that they were huge. They were pretty big. <coughs> so, anyways, so that happens. You know, pretty early on. From there. They, uh, find Terry starts looking around, sees that the previous owners 
they took security pretty pretty highly. Um, they have a bunch of locks on everything. All the windows and doors, heavy padlocks. Oh, okay. They have huge chains that they were using for, like, guard dogs and stuff, just all over the place. Another indication that, like, hey, this owner, the previous owner knew something was up here. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, Terry and his wife and his son, they're constantly, and you'll find this later, that the Uinta Basin is, like, heavily known for UFO sightings. Okay. But they're constantly seeing UFOs, bright lights, lights of, or, or orbs of lights all over the place constantly. There's so many stories. I just kind of generalized it. Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like at one point, it's like, okay, yeah, they're seeing them a lot. Right. Um, so they see those a lot. And the other thing that's going on a lot for them is that, especially after these sightings, cows are getting mutilated quite frequently, like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and they're losing a lot of these cows too. Um, and at least three of them die. Uh, some of the injuries that some of the cows were sustained, um, you know, they get, like I said, mutilated. And some of the ones that would survive but get hurt, they were getting like broken legs as if they mm-hmm. had been like taken from their spot, reapparated up above, and then dropped down and broke their legs. Oh, like those types of injuries. Hmm. Like they sustained a heavy fall. Right. Even though they're still in the middle of the field where they were to begin with. So they start finding a lot of these dead cows um, that they have like surgically precise holes in like their eyeballs, usually the left eye and occasionally the rectum. Hmm. And it's like, it's not like an animal bit into them and like tore something out or anything. It's okay. like perfect like a human or even something more than human is like cutting these things out and taking like a sample or something. Right. Um, There's usually no blood around it, even though these things are getting mutilated like this, they usually find no signs of blood. And there's multiple times, like I said, where the cow just disappears more so than there is turning up dead. One time they had a, they followed cow's hoof hoof prints to into a field because they're trying to look for it. Mm -hmm. And it goes to the edge of the field and disappears. But they look at the spot where the hoof prints stop, and there's like a circular little area of broken twigs and branches. And then when Terry looked up, he could see that the tops of the trees were like cut off. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that's something that's going on. And I will say, we'll get into it later, but cow mutilations are something that also happen a lot in this area. Mm-hmm. Same with the UFOs. But another story is Terry had a post digger, you know, for digging holes for fences and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it turned up missing all of a sudden. Uh, so, you know, he looked for it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So he goes and buys a new one. And right after, like immediately after he buys this new one, he finds the post digger 12 feet up a tree. <laughs> 12 feet okay. up a tree. And yeah, so... That's another thing that started happening is items would disappear and reappear in places that they weren't supposed to be. Right. Uh, they were using a chainsaw at one point and like set it down to do something else and look back other side of the field. <laughs> the chainsaw is. Okay. <laughs> um, another one uh, would just be, oh yeah, the son was, uh, had fence posts that he was going to put in the ground. So he like moved him to the side of the field that he needed to set him down and he's like, uh, Pretty thirsty. Goes in to get a glass of water. Comes back out. Post gone. So he's like, well, shit. 
starts looking around hundreds of yards away. He finds the post. Jesus. <laughs> Who looks hundreds of yards away? <laughs> I mean, it's a 480 acre farm. You might as well, or ranch, you might as well look yeah. everywhere. But yeah. Um, another thing that starts occurring is when they have their backs turned in the house or nobody's around, objects are getting tossed about everywhere. Hmm. Um, they're in strange voices, usually in a language they don't recognize. Um, and at one point, Terry was in a field with uh, their dogs, you know, probably playing fetch or something. I don't know. I didn't really say in the mm-hmm. article. But he's in the field with the dogs, and all of a sudden he started hearing a voice speaking a strange language, like 25 feet above him. And he's like looking around trying to figure out what this is. And the dogs are going ballistic, just barking up a storm. And then finally they just dart off towards the house running away. So, wow. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Friends would visit, have very strange experiences as well. Uh, Hang on. My bad. I say, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they would often see, um, uh, Beings outside, usually large beast-looking things like animals, much like they've already seen at this point, or large humanoid figures that were like eight feet tall and had like dark black hair from what they could make out in the Mm. dark. It was always at night, and they usually vanished pretty quickly after they were seen. Um, Prowling around. Uh, But the Shermans were pretty hesitant, you know, to sell the place because they'd put so much money in the place, and... Again, history was pretty well known in the area about the place, so they were probably going to have a hard time selling this place. But they were taking a huge financial hit from all this cattle mutilation and loss. Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to make money. And as Terry said in one of the articles, it was almost always some of their best cattle that were getting mutilated or taken. Hmm. Like, the best ones were the ones being targeted. Wow. So there's another instance where... Terry responded to the death cries, like screeching of a horse, one of their horses. And he goes out to find a huge hyena-like beast just attacking this horse. And before he can grab his gun to go to shoot, the thing just vanishes. Like before his eyes, not like he turned his back and it was gone. Like it just disappeared all of a sudden. And there was evidence that it was there because his horse had a huge claw mark to it. Jesus. Yeah. And then I think the last instance that I found that was like I uh, noteworthy, then um, this one was in the Centaur video, was that there was a night where uh, Terry had looked outside and saw an orb of light pass overhead. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I'm imagining that he must have had the door open to do something when he saw it. And before he could even like react to like shut the door or anything, all three dogs that they had go rushing out after this thing, barking and whatnot. Okay. Middle of the night, by the way. Mm-hmm. And before Terry can do anything, you know, they rush out and then he starts, the family starts hearing like horrendous, like cries from these dogs, like something you wouldn't want to hear from a dog and then silence. And they are too scared to go after them to figure out what happens. They wait till the morning. Dogs don't come back. Terry goes out looking, follows the dog's tracks till they stop. There's nothing around except for like three piles of like greasy mush. And no other evidence that the dogs were there. Oh. And they never found them again after that. Wow. Okay. So, you know, things are pretty wild. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) So, uh, they finally, they'd already been talking to, like, neighbors and stuff, uh, figuring out that, like, 
again, like I said, UFO sightings are pretty common. Cow mutilations are pretty common. Um, but finally, they reached out to a local newspaper. Well, local being Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, the Deseret News uh, newspaper. <coughs> and a guy named Zach Van Eyck wrote an article for him called the uh, Frequent Flyers with a question mark. It was published in 1996. So this is two years after they bought the ranch. I think they didn't really move in to like 95. Okay. From yeah. what I had seen. <clears throat> and Van Eyck, his paper was pretty, pretty laid back to be honest. Uh, the article was, I mean, it still had like some craziness, but right. a lot of like the harder hitting stories that I just went through with like the dogs and the, a lot of the animal attacks and stuff. He didn't really touch on. He was more UFO heavy, UFO focused. Mm. Um, also went into the history of the area and stuff. Uh, because between, since the 1950s, that basin has had hundreds of UFO, UFO sightings uh, reported. Um, and like I said, cow mutilations specifically similar to the what the Shermans were experiencing with like okay. the precise um, cuts and all that. That's right. something that's happening or has been reported throughout the U.S., but they're another thing that's like very big in this area to the point where the neighbors have don't even report to the cops because the cops are like, we can't really do anything. About right. It, you know, so yeah. they just don't even view it as worthy anymore. And the sheriff even said, yeah, like in like the last 40 years, I think we've had barely or 20 years has been like barely any reports of it. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, is that in 1980, a new New Mexico study by a former AV, uh, FBI agent named. Ken Rommel Jr. led to his decision that cotomulations uh, were the work of toxic plants and predatory animals. This okay. was uh, FBI agents. Yeah. Grand. FBI always gives <laughs> great reports. I just love that he thinks that, like, is, I mean, I never saw any of the pictures, so I admit that. Right. But from the way it was described, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way an animal is making that mushroom food. And toxic plant, what is a toxic plant doing to, to pull out a sample of an eye or a piece of flesh from the rectum? Like, how is a plant doing that? <laughs> I don't understand. You ever seen a Venus flytrap? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. come on. <laughs> that cow ate by a Venus flytrap. Uh, so, like, neighbors are also hesitant to say anything. Like, uh, Terry's quoted in that Deseret article as saying, I've got a neighbor over here who's reluctant to talk, but he told me they've had trouble since he was a small kid and he's probably 55. Mm -hmm. He told me people will think you're crazy, but you're not. If you are, then we both had the same problem. So like a lot of these guys, they don't say anything because you know, everybody's going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're crazy. You know, they're not there. They're not experiencing things, but almost all the locals and neighbors or visitors of the place, they usually come away with similar stories. Anybody who spends a decent amount of time there, usually experiences at least the weird UFO sightings or the cow mutilations. And especially among neighbor ranchers and all that, it's pretty well known that like, Hey, the shit goes down in this area. It's not just the ranch. There's kind of a radius. Right. Um, but Oh, and a couple other stories from the neighbors or the visitors. Uh, there's one time that, uh, there's some people out there visiting, uh, looking for UFO sightings. Mm Mm-hmm. And they parked their car and, you know, were looking out over the Mesa, looking for a UFO. Go back to their car. Different spot. <laughs> Car's in a completely different spot. No tire tracks. They're in desert sand. Right. No tire tracks in the desert sand showing that the car was moved. It's just there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Similar to how objects were right. disappearing just, or repairing yeah. on the ranch. 
Um, I don't know where exactly in the area that was. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it isn't on the ranch. Uh, the ranch is usually pretty, like I said, closed off, and it's pretty yeah. private. Um, but in the area, uh, another farmer uh, had reported that one of his cows one time looks like it had died. Looks like it had been struck by lightning, yet nowhere on the ground was there scorch marks or any sign of a lightning strike. It was just the cow that looked like it had been struck by lightning. Jesus. Um, uh, on top of the UFO sightings and kind of orbs of light, there'd also be multiple reports that these lights would also look like portals in the sky. Sometimes even saying that like they could see another sky through the light that mm. appeared or beams of light were come down from whatever light was appearing in the sky. That's also a common, uh, report done by people. But anyways, at this point, with the Deseret article coming out about the Shermans on the farm and what the Shermans, you know, I've said about and experienced, right. uh, they get the interest of a pretty established journalist at the time, or at least now he is, uh, named George Knapp. I think actually he didn't win one of his big rewards in 2008, but he was pretty well known at this time. Okay. Um, named George Knapp. And George Knapp, to give you a little background, has won five regional and two national Edward R. Moore awards. 24 Pacific Southwest Regional Emmy Awards, and nine Associated Press Mark Twain Awards. He's also won a DuPont Award from Columbia University and two Peabody Awards. Dang. So, you know, pretty accomplished, pretty yeah. well-respected. Um, he is a known UFO journalist, and he does have a syndicated paranormal radio show named Coast to Coast AM. But... Obviously, because of that, this piques his interest, especially yeah. he was especially interested by the Sherman's big quantity and vastly different array of happenings. Like, it's not all just like alien. It's also like big, weird creatures. Right. A lot of the visitors thought that the big humanoids almost had like a, a Bigfoot look to them, like literally. Hmm. And then you got the paranormal objects flying around in the house. Like literally almost anything you can think of is happening on this farm. Wow. So he writes a series of articles for the Las Vegas Mercury, and those catch on pretty well. You know, they get pretty popular, right. start making the name pretty big for the ranch, and they attract the attention of Robert Bigelow. And Robert Bigelow, he owns a hotel chain called the Budget Suites and founded Bigelow Aerospace. Uh, aerospace was founded later. Um, but he was a millionaire at this time. Okay. Um, and he also has a big background of interest in paranormal and UFOs. Um, right now, or within the last few years, aerospace uh, even did work with the Pentagon researching UFOs. Mm. Um, and just to throw it in there for you, uh, Bigelow was also a donor for the presidential campaign of DeSantis. So oh, <laughs> lovely. if that tells you anything about That's the guy. That's great. I did see... When looking up, because this was just a few days ago, that yeah. he uh, he was uh, threatening to back out as a donor, which you know DeSantis just called just, quits yeah, on his campaign. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> lovely. So yeah, um, the th- other thing about Bigelow is because of this interest, he formed the National Institute for Discovery Science, otherwise known as and will be known as for the rest of this as NIDSCI. Mm. Um, which is a group of physicists, biologists, and parapsychologists um, because he was very interested in coming at this ranch from a research perspective to see if they can find any evidence or prove any hard facts about the happenings of this. Right. But he comes in, 
and buys this uh, ranch from the Sherman family. Thank God for the Shermans. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, they got their buyer and a pretty wealthy one at that. Um, They sold in 1996. So just six years after purchasing the farm. And like I said, I don't even think they started living there until 1995. (laughs) So they they got the hell out of there pretty quickly. Jesus Christ. All right. (laughs) And immediately upon taking things over, uh, the NID SCI uh, find in their research that there's... Uh, quite a few accounts going all the way back to the 1700s about this place. Wow. Um, there's stories and local rumors and all this going back a long time. Um, and they, one of the accounts they found was a local, was about a local UFO sighting where this individual had, I think been on like ranch grounds maybe, or at least nearby and had seen an UFO overhead, got bathed in light, Died of cancer shortly thereafter. Whoa, okay. And uh, immediately, the NIDCI find that they're having, they put a lot of money into this. This is early 2000s at this point. Mm. Um, Or sorry, it would have been 96. It would have been going into the early 2000s. Um, They just get rid of the land ranch later. Um, But uh, I immediately find after pouring all this money into the tech and stuff, they have high-tech cameras, motion detectors, everything that all of them are having lo and behold technical issues quite frequently anytime they're trying to catch something shuts off Mm. and stuff wouldn't happen until everything shut down right um so most of their accounts are eyewitness accounts reliant and they hadn't had too many crazy things happen. I don't think in the beginning, you know, kind of the similar stuff, UFO sightings and all that. Mm-hmm. But one night, uh, they had built up these watchtowers because they wanted to be able to, you know, get a better view. Right. Um, there's a scientist on one of these watchtowers, and, you know, he's doing his thing, looking around, and realizes, hey, there's two yellow things over there that have been staring at me for a little while. And he starts looking and thinks, hey, those are eyes. And then he's like, wait a minute. That's a body, like a human, up in that tree. Uh, Weird, and it looks like it's been looking at me for a while. So him and these other scientists immediately, you know, go to look at the tree. Of course, things gone. Mm -hmm. But left on the ground underneath the tree is a print that looks like it has massive talons. And that was all they found. Mm. So, yeah, uh, tech issues, like I said, are happening. Um and the team starts to believe that whatever phenomena is going on in the area seems to be aware that it's being observed and doesn't want to be observed and is even taunting them. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the times that they had a technical issue, uh, there was a caught on camera was like, uh, like these skyscrapers were like shooting up out of the, the ridge and the trees like they looked almost human built and it looked like a human city, huh. but then it kind of faded away. And it was one of the things that they caught on camera. I'm not even sure if it was, if it was recorded and stored away anywhere. Okay. Wow. Um, and then they also reported seeing at one point a partial portal or light that looks like a partial portal right. open up in the sky. And again, they thought they saw another sky in that light. Yeah. And then a beam of light shot down. And what they thought was a humanoid figure emerges from that light and then crawls into the high grass. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's insane. And uh, they constantly reported hearing, um, or some of the scientists constantly reported hearing what they thought were like machine-like noises coming from underneath the ground, which Sherman had also been quoted in the Deseret article. I, this is kind of a loose connection, but it's just kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. Sherman had said, uh, for a long time, we wondered and we're, uh, what we were seeing if it was something to do with a top-secret uh, project. Like they kind of him and the the Shermans kind of thought that maybe the government was doing something. Okay, here. yeah. I'm not saying that that's necessarily true. I just right. think it's funny that they were hearing machine noises and the Shermans were suspecting government yeah. uh, involvement. So uh, another thing that the NIDSCI, I'm getting it, <laughs> uh, had experienced was cow mutilations, just like before. Um, one of which was even in broad daylight and was with a cow that had just been seen minutes earlier, and then when they turned around, mutilated. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so four years go by, team's out there doing the research. Finally, they pack up, they leave. Uh, they release statements. Like I said, uh, they have no hard facts or evidence, mm-hmm. um, but they did say that there seems to be something inhuman here. It seems to know that it's being observed, and it seems to be taunting those who are trying to observe it. Uh, so they haven't published any of their findings, at least as far as I know. Um, again, there's no really hard facts or anything, so that's probably right. why. Yeah. Um, but they stopped in 2004 entirely. Uh, the NIDC, no, sorry, NIDSCI, <laughs> uh, disbanded in 2004. Bigelow still owned the ranch until 2016 when it was bought anonymously by someone under the title of Adamantium Real Estate. Which I don't know if you know the term adamantium, but that's... Uh, I mean, isn't that the Wolverines? Wolverines. Yeah. 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 Um, and then four years later, in 2020, <laughs> a man by the name of Brandon Fugel announces that he is the man behind adamantium real estate and that he bought the ranch and is producing a reality TV show for the History Channel. Okay. A little background for Fugel. He is the chairman of Collier's International in Utah which is just real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is quoted, I believe, on the History Channel, or I think it's the History Channel Fugel TV show site, as being interested in the mysteries of our universe. So again, kind of another guy that has like a little bit of background and again, has a lot of money. (laughs) Um, But History Channel, Fugel, they come in, they establish pretty similar things to what was already being done with Bigelow. Science, they have massive amounts of equipment on set mm-hmm. and a uh, big team. And they kind of pick up where uh, Bigelow left off. And in this Deseret article that came out in this past year, October 26, 2023, called the uncovering, or uh, called the, un- sorry, <laughs> called uncovering the secret okay. of Skinwalker Ranch by Meg Walter. Uh, Meg visited the ranch and was with, uh, involved with the team. And, uh, oh yeah, a little side note, the head of security goes by the nickname Dragon, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thought thought you'd be interested in that. That's great. The other article, I read an article from Utah.com about this, and he was just constantly bringing up the fact that there's a guy named Dragon on the TV show. (laughs) He's just like, there's a man named Dragon. He's like, why would anyone want to go by the name Dragon? (laughs) I think that's a really cool name, personally. (laughs) Okay, so... And then these people, as Meg is being transported out to the ranch, are, you know, going through some of their stories. I will say, disclaimer, I haven't seen the Netflix series, or the 
History Channel series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what goes on in the series. This is the extent that I know is from this right. article. Okay. But anyways, Meg's getting some of their stories in. And the... <coughs> sorry. The superintendent told her a story about a night that the cameras went down. And he was sent out to the command center that they had to see what was wrong. You know, get mm-hmm. the cameras back up online. So he goes out with his wife. They get out there. And as soon as they get out there, the cameras kind of come back up online. But as they're walking around, they hear like a noise in the back room. So they go to investigate. And as they go to investigate, they hear this voice said, say, uh, you need to leave now. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're going <laughs> to listen to that. Yeah. They leave. And as they get to the car, they realize that their phones are both frozen. And not working. Hmm. And they don't start working again until they've left the property. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. Um, again, the tech issues. There was one guy who said that, you know, he's watching the cameras the one night because they kept getting a motion detector alert on his phone because it was going straight to his phone notifying him. And so he went out to check. Can't find anything on the cameras. And the thing is going off for five hours <laughs> saying that there's motion detector in the area that he's right. in. And then finally, he got frustrated from not being able to figure out what it was and just said out loud, like, if you're trying to tell me something, just tell me something. And the camera immediately starts melting down. Like, the screen starts, like, drooping down because I saw this picture. Okay. And he had, because he snapped a picture as he saw it just because he was so reflexive. But the screen, like, it's a kind of a common tech issue that can happen where the screen gets distorted. But it was just weird because of the way some of the words were left on screen there's mm. one so the bottom used to say in the bottom left right corner one camera uh live or okay, living. yeah i think it was living something like that but the way that it drooped down it just says living hmm don't really know if there's that much there but the article <laughs> specified <it>. okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they, they made that seem like yeah. it was a big deal maybe maybe not <laughs> Um, it was a weird technical error, and apparently the guy kind of shopped it around, couldn't really find any answers for okay. why it uh, happened. Fugel himself, even though I said he had like some interest in the mysteries of the universe and all right. that, uh, he said he was a little skeptical and thought that there would definitely be a natural explanation for everything. Um, didn't really think there was like necessarily something beyond human limits in terms of explaining. Mm-hmm. But within six months, he was looking out of the mesa the one day, and clear as day, at least to him, and very large, very near to him. He saw a 50-foot wide, approximately, uh, silver object hovering in the sky. Okay. And that was about the turning point for him where he's like, oh, yeah, there's definitely something going on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, the team is out there working, and they even get a visit from Post Malone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Showed up. <laughs> yeah. Post Malone decided to come take a visit. They let him out. Um, <laughs> they let him. To come. They welcomed him in. Came in with like a convoy of black SUVs. Oh yeah. And the, like yeah. And the plan was for him to be there for the day and then spend the night in Homestead. Uh, I believe it was two. I don't think I've written down, but okay. I believe he's planning to spend the night in Homestead two. And Homestead two and three are the ones that visitors have a lot of complaints about. They have complaints of acute medical uh, episodes. You know, it didn't specify what. I'm assuming it's probably relating to heart issues or anything that's kind of a chronic illness. I would suspect kind of has a flare-up is what they're um, alluding to. Um, As well as severe temperature drops uh, and specters going through walls. 
uh, it was so bad that Fugel's wife will refuse to go anywhere near Homestead. Okay. So Post Malone comes out. Supposed to spend the whole night. <laughs> they get into the night, and the head of security, Dragon. <laughs> yep. Dragon and Post Malone on the ranch. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Dragon reported that Post Malone packed up in the middle of the night, him and his whole convoy, and left because of the experiences that they oh had at this homestead. God. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the team has all this data that they've been collecting, and uh, one of the things they noticed is that there's a lot of activity in what they began calling the Triangle, which is an area between the command center that they had set up and the homesteads, and uh, is like a few feet away from the Mesa. And it's marked off by dirt paths that are intersecting in three different corners. Okay. And from the conclusions that they drew from the data, they think that this is the area with the highest rate of strangeness going on. That's where everything tends to be going on. So, yeah, that's about where research was for what I could find. Mm -hmm. Um, That was where Fugel's team is the one in control right now. You know, like I said, this was written in... 2023 right so yeah what do you what do you think or oh, oh sorry there's one last thing okay one last thing that fugles team believes um the writer meg uh was talking about at the end of the article because she was looking at these homesteads which were so bad that like ceilings were collapsed and you know pretty in a mess yeah and she'd been so excited about like potentially something happening but nothing had really happened and fugles team told her that they believed that that was because they came in with a positive you know, outlook. And it seems like anytime somebody came in with a positive outlook or a positive mindset, they usually didn't have any bad experiences mm-hmm. or they might even have a positive experience going on spiritual experience. Hmm. Meanwhile, it seems like the downtrodden, you know, the ones that are in their bad status of mind are the ones being preyed on very badly in the area. Interesting. They didn't really give any research to back yeah. that up. It seems okay. like it's more just kind of like something they noticed or believed. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's the extent of things so far. Wow. Um, I mean, I have to say, you know, because I'm, you know, Jack the skeptic of yeah. all things, everything. I don't think it's any of it's true. Yeah. Well, we can go because into there's no evidence yeah, of anything, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you have it going on for this long and you can't get anything on evidence, like, come on, yeah. Where's Where's Mulder and Scully? That's what I want to know. Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. <laughs> this does sound like I've never seen. Uh, X Files. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is all Skinwalker Ranch. All right, I've been immersed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, yeah, I've never seen X Files, but this does sound like something. Oh X-Files. yeah, X- absolutely. Honestly, like reading about the Uinta Basin itself, when I was talking about like all the UFOs, like this is basically where any of your tropes for aliens um, are coming out of the Uinta okay. Basin. Like anything from that stuff, or even some of the tropes of like desert creepy stuff comes from right this as well. Um, so we can go through some theories then. Okay. Since you, uh, you already gave your opinion. Uh, I think you're probably going to agree with the first opinion then. <laughs> okay. Which is that everybody's faking it and they're all just trying to make money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One thing about this, at least with the Sherman family, like I said, the Shermans sold to a millionaire, but they sold for only $200,000 of 480 acre ranch. $200,000 at the time was like the price of like a nice home. Did they say how much they bought it for? It did not say how much they bought it for, but I'd imagine it was probably low. Yeah. Considering the reputation that it had, but still $200,000 and they moved out pretty quickly again. Yeah. Less than two years. And I think it was pretty quickly after Bigelow contacted them. 
because the article was written in 96, they sold in 96. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty quick transaction to occur. They yeah. seemed to, as soon as Bigelow was interested, they're like, yeah, yeah, here you go. <laughs> so there's that. Um, oh, also, I'll throw this in here. Uh, so the writer for the Utah.com uh, article that I read uh, had some jokes. <laughs> and his for this theory was... Uh, the people that believe in this theory are the same as the people who raise their hands at the end of class to remind the teacher that we have homework. <laughs> I agree. Fuck the, actually, never mind. I was probably one of those kids. But. Um, oh, yeah. And the other thing is just there's local corroboration of these stories, you know, in the yeah. area. Everybody's kind of experiencing the UFO sightings and the cow mutilations. Everybody in the area is like, stay the fuck away from Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> um, so another obvious theory is extraterrestrials, aliens visiting the place. Right. You know, there's UFO sightings, bright lights, um, strange voices and figures being spotted. There's surgical precision and all of the mutilation and the electronic disturbances. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence for that. I'm assuming one of the other theories is government. Ah, actually. Because, lo- like, phone reception gets cut off. Maybe they cut everything off. They cut technology things off. They hear mechanical noises. Yeah, I actually did not see that theory in any of the articles brought up. Mm. Um, probably just because... You'd probably be able to tell, Bigelow's involvement, maybe? The gigolo, yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> Bigelow the Bigelow gigolo. the gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another theory is interdimensional visitors. Because, again... Everybody thinks there's like portals being opened up all over the right. place. Um, parallel universe or dimension of some sort. Uh, this one, you might actually maybe even be interested in this one as well, is geophysical processes causing brain brains to hallucinate in the area. I don't know what any of those words. <laughs> <laughs> any of them. <laughs> okay. So this uh, comes from something that Michael Persinger Uh, came up with a little theory of his, which is that geophysical forces such as tectonic plate shifting, seismic activity, and geomagnetic uh, fields can cause parts of the brain that uh, deal with hallucinations to be activated. Hmm. Um, And one of the things about this area in particular in the basin is that they have this thing called gilsonite, which is a a resource originating from the solidification of petroleum. And this resource is heavily mined in this area. And I think it's pretty rare to where it's like the basin is like the best source of it. Okay. So there is something in one of the articles saying that, oh, maybe this was, or people have at least said that that could be potentially the cause of hallucinations. Uh, Oh, and then the writer of the Utah article also put for this one, he put, this theory is pretty out there, but this theory has the biggest words in it. So that makes it most likely. (laughs) (laughs) and then another one would be uh the native american myth curse thing okay so skinwalkers themselves come from native american myth uh they are of navajo origin though the land that skinwalker ranch is on was inhabited by the ute tribe okay but the the navajo were like bordering on it Mm -hmm. uh skinwalker the term is it means in navajo by means of it, it goes on all fours. That mm. is the definition okay. of a skinwalker. And, or not definition, 
but the translation. Right. Um, definition would be that uh, skinwalkers are trickster energy. Ent- wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Going to take a step back from that one. <laughs> take a drink of water here, bud. That one was rough. I've been talking for a while. <laughs> trickster entity, probably. Yes, they are trickster entities or witches that are able to change their skin to look like animals and people. And they often shift between being upright and on all fours. Uh, they could be deadly. They could be violent and even deadly. Um, and it is believed, legend says, that the Navajo at one point unleashed skinwalkers on the Utes in one of their conflicts. Mm. Um, the ridge the ranch is next to is known as Skinwalker Ridge, and some believe it to be the path of the skinwalker. Uh, and it's also a rumor or folklore or whatever heck you want to call it in this area that anyone who digs into the ground disturbs the evil spirits there. And again, a lot of heavy resource mining going on here. Right. And if you remember, there was the pole digger. Yeah. That got dug into the ground by the Shermans. And then that was kind of one of the big points in the beginning of their time there. Yeah. Um, or the fence post too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was also the chainsaw though, which wouldn't have dealt with that. Yeah. But Disturbs the evil spirits, like awakens them. Basically, would be what they're mm. uh, trying to get at. Not necessarily that everything comes from that. Okay, you get yeah. what I mean. Yeah, not yeah. every activity is directly linked right. to it. It's that they've been disturbed and awoken. <clears throat> so yeah, and then one of the other claims. This isn't a theory. This is just a claim in general. Is that whatever's going on there is a disease that is spreading and growing in its area of control that whatever is trying to enter the world there is increasing its domain. And some even think that when they go home from this area, any visitors and whatnot, Mm -hmm. that they are followed home by whatever was there Mm. and that they are deeply desert. Sorry. Whoa. God (laughs) dang. Deeply disturbed. (laughs) Okay. uh, And have a feeling of unease when they're at home. Mm. And it's similar to the same way they felt on the ranch while they were there. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was going to ask you what you believe, but you already kind of gave that. And I kind of I assumed <laughs> I kind of assumed that was going to be your belief. Yes, I, I'm I'm very yeah. predictable. You know, I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I definitely don't think it's just like everybody's an idiot or that they're all faking it. That's not necessarily what I believe. I just I don't know. I think it's mysterious and I like that. Hmm. But I don't necessarily think I think it's just such a wild thing. With the right, like, same as what George Knapp got drawn by, like, the variety of things. It's like it hits paranormal, right. it's alien, it hits Bigfoot, even large beasts like dire wolves, which are supposed to be extinct. It hits, uh, on like devil, hell, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's on interdimensional stuff, like, there's just oh, and, and Native American myth, like, there's right. so much going on. Which is why I think it's fake, because all of those combined in one ranch. <laughs> it's so loose. Who would look Post for a chainsaw visited. if it's that far away? It has to be fake. Post Malone visited. <laughs> There's a man named Dragon there. <laughs> a DeSantis supporter? Come on. <laughs> Dragon is definitely a skinwalker. <laughs> He's in disguise. He's the one going around screwing up all the cameras. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which theory, if you had to pick one out of all the theories that I listed, which you think is the most likely? Um, what was the last one you listed? Or the Native American myth. Native American myth. Or um, the geo uh, physical process or the aliens interdimensional or the sellout 
faking it. Uh, probably, I guess, interdimensional. The cancer ray is pretty interesting. See, that one I thought you'd be like, well, we probably had cancer before you even hit the ray. <laughs> I thought you were immediately going to attack on that. <laughs> I think that's kind of an interesting device. I mean, a cancer ray. The one I thought was going to be most like in Jack's brain, like, oh man, he just had cancer before he got hit by this ray. <laughs> but you're like, no, fucking that's, idiot. That sounds pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Wow, but that's a hell of a story. Wait, 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 wait. So, which theory was it? You said, oh, interdimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder what theory I would. <laughs> God dang it. What theory? What? Not going to cough. They don't do it. Not going to cough. Okay. Which theory I would pick? Yeah. <sighs> I'd say interdimensional, if anything, just because of, again, the variety. Yeah. Um, I, I, the Native American myth is a big one for me. Because there's things about, like, Native American stuff is just, like, I don't touch that. Like, if they are talking about curses and stuff, I'm like, I don't know how it works, but you guys are normally right. <laughs> you guys know America better than I do. That's true. That's so. true. <laughs> I mean, we're Americans. What do you mean? Okay. And last question. This is a big one. Would you visit the ranch if you yes. had an opportunity? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I, nothing would happen. You'd go there and literally nothing would happen. I, I would love for you. Us to go out there, and then everything happens to you. <laughs> Literally, I would, we wouldn't see a single thing happen. What? Actually, here's we a, would see something happen. We'd sneak up on it and just be dragon in like a costume. <laughs> it's all dragon. Yeah, the whole time it was dragon. It was dragon the whole time. A long con. Um, actually, I do have another question. Which of the stories disturbs you the most? Mm. Um, especially if it was true, right? Probably, I mean, the stuff getting like lifted up and just being like a cow being lifted up and dropped. That poor fucking cow. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the crap. fuck? What the fuck? Holy shit. Wait, wait, wait. wait. He, he was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking god. All the cows were like, worship, worship. <laughs> he's chosen. And then he just falls down. And, <laughs> and they're like, oh, he sucked. <laughs> Big profit. Big profit. Uh, I don't know. I think it's between for me, either the dog, the dog one. That's just so sad to me. If like them getting just obliterated <laughs> for chasing a light, right? Um, that one's sad. And then uh, the eyes one just sticks with me for some reason. Yeah, the yellow eyes. Honestly, being so immersed in this Wouldn't, the last few days, be an owl. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. What do you mean? I knew you were going to say it was an owl. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I also thought, like, could be an owl, but they did. Like, Yellow eyes, Again, talons. Owls are huge. It's, yeah. <laughs> owls are pretty big, but they're. Yeah, they're huge. What do you mean? Yeah, they're pretty big, but still. He said a human sized one. But again, this is where eyewitness stuff comes uh, in. Humans come in all sizes. <laughs> So you're saying if you see a baby that's technically human size, I like, mean, it was like human size. <laughs> it was like human size. It's like human size, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, getting so immersed in this, I, I, the thing that I ran into was that I started doing research so late on this that I kind of ran out of time right. and I had to cram everything together. That's why I wasn't able to do the the series. The History Channel series is available on Netflix, um, but I wasn't able to get to it or the audiobook or. I was going to listen to it as right. an audiobook. Um, but just being so immersed in it, I walked home uh, Saturday, I think it was, because that's when I started doing all the research. Mm -hmm. 
And, or I didn't walk home. <laughs> I got home. Okay. I was like, got out of my work. car and just had to walk to the door. And all I could think was just yellow eyes just <laughs> looking at me. Because I was so convinced. I was like, what if, what if me doing research just attracts the attention <laughs> or whatever it is? And it just starts coming after me. Which oh. was part of the reason I didn't watch Netflix series that night. <laughs> I was like, I need to I need to step away. Yeah. I need to step away. So, yeah. Um, I might... I might visit that if we, if if I wouldn't might if I got the opportunity I'd have to because like they don't let very many people out there it's pretty heavy security they okay, keep people yeah. away so yeah if, if post Malone if we got, got on, the post, we get if on. we get the post Malone treatment yeah. we're not wimping out like post Malone no. we're staying he's there a baby the yeah. whole night and we don't need no convoy no. with us no we don't he need probably had, like these big muscular guys yeah he probably had like, ten dragons and they're all. <laughs> He had 10 dragons with him, but not dragons, but dragons. Yeah, dragons. Wouldn't that just be more skinwalkers then? He brought more skinwalkers with him. And then he realized that they're all skinwalkers and had to leave. Who reported that he left? Dragon. Exactly. Dragon (laughs) drove him off. Another theory. (laughs) Another theory. Write that down. Write that down. All right. I think this went pretty well. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I'm interested whether or not I'll be able to find a topic that I like as much as this one. Yeah. I think this had a lot of depth to it where some other topics, I think it I was surprised how much depth this one had to it. Yeah. Well, it helped that it continued. In Especially from today. something that's only like really from the nineties. I was so surprised it was the nineties. I thought it, I was like, no, no, no. I thought when I remembered the video, I was like, it must've been like seventies. Right. 60s. Cause it sounds kind of like yeah. that. Um, but then he said nineties and I was like, oh my God, like that was only four years before I was born. Yeah. Um, there was like a, there's not much known about the Shermans, at least from what I could find outside of like the article and then, you know, the story in general, mm-hmm. but there was one picture and this was what kind of humanized it for me with, uh, Terry and he was, he had like sun or no, he, I don't think he had sunglasses on. I think I'm filling that in that detail in, but he had like a trucker hat. Um, I think he had like a goatee. Um, and then he had like a flannel shirt and there was like one of those old full size vans that were like panel vans in the background and just him standing there. Cross-armed, looking off, I think, on the ranch. Okay. But yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this place is real. <laughs> this was a sh- real human being yeah. living on this ranch and telling these stories. But also nothing happened to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They lost a couple dogs, so what, you know? <laughs> a couple dogs, a couple cows. A couple dogs, a couple cows. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> also, who's raising cows here anymore? Why are we still raising cows? Find a it different was the 90s. Industry. What do you mean now? <laughs> Find a different industry, guys. Come on. This is what you get for trying to raise. Yeah. Are you the one going around mutilating the cows? You're anti-cow. Yeah, I'm anti-cow. This is what you guys get for raising cows here. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, if you're interested in this story, um, there is, and you want to know more about the Skinwalker Ranch, sorry, I we're going to have uh, all of my research links are going to be in the description below. Yep. And then <coughs> I've already shouted out Matthew Santora's video was a big one, at least for getting my interest. And there was a lot of the meat of it came from that video, mm-hmm. but I filled in with some articles. Uh, there's the History Channel series that I talked about, the reality series. It's called The Secret of the Skinwalkers, and it's on Netflix. And then there's the book by George Knapp, the journalist that I talked about, as well as Colm Calher. Uh, who has a PhD in biochemistry and was a part of that uh, Bigelow team, the NIDSCI. I think he was like the head of the team. Um, And the book is called Hunt for the Skinwalker. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. A lot of research. Didn't make you a a believer, huh? No. Yeah, I didn't think I would. (laughs) I didn't think I would. Owls and dragons. Owls and dragons. 
Oh my. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, yeah. comment. Engage. Follow, do it all. Yeah, and we'll be back with the next episode. Yeah. See you later. Have a good one.